This is the Formation Lab. Welcome one, welcome all to the Formation Lab podcast live at the time. It is 7.53 p.m. on a Monday evening, and that means it's time for a live edition of the Formation Lab. My name's Luke. I'm Tim. And uh, we are live when you're listening to it, actually. We have to rehearse this podcast every time you listen to it. Uh, it is, it's a very difficult procedure, but it's the things that we do for you. It's the little things, it honestly. Is. It's the rehearsed, the getting the right cues, getting the right marks. This is actually an art form, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. We're definitely not pulling this out of our asses. Yeah, so if you hit, like, you know, back on this, we actually restart the whole thing live over the radio waves. So please don't hit that because you're not going to want to restart the episode. You're going to want to hear what we have to say about the Hungarian GP this weekend yes. because there is no uh, there's no beating around the bush right now. we got to get into this. We we do. Um and, it, I mean, honestly, Luke, to follow up our week from last week, it had to be something bonkers. It, it did, had to be. It did. I'm noticing that this is the year of the boring track, right? Yeah. Because I have warned, I, I, you know, I have a friend who is nameless, um, but this is his first year following racing, and I've sent him warnings um, prior to certain races to like, hey, don't get your hopes up. Watch, it'll be fun-ish, but let's not, don't get your hopes up in front of, you know, Spain or France or Hungary or Monaco. And I know Monaco wasn't really a thrilling race, but it changed the face of the season as we know it. It was very consequential. Right. Um, All four of those races have been... Bangers. Bangers of races. And I'm like, does this mean we're going to get a good race at Sochi? The the trend is there. The trend is there. Uh, no, okay, we, certain, but hey. We saw wheel-to-wheel racing in Hungary, okay? We, oh. Logic is out the window. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's still Vladimir Putin's Sochi, so no, it won't. That That is the one thing that will be still sterile and terrible. <laughs> Come on, Igora Drive, let's go. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Anyway. Anyway, so, um, yeah. So, yeah, no, we, I mean, you and I hate the Hungaro ring. Okay, I, I should add an asterisk here. I hate... F1 races at the Hungaro Ring. If you hop in a sim or F1 2021 or whatever it is uh, and actually race the Hungaro Ring, it is super fun to drive. It's very fun to drive, but it's really boring racing. So we should qualify it maybe yeah. that way. You know, so we came out of last week. We were riding a pretty good high. Right. Um, you know, going to Worldwide Technology Raceway, which turns out pretty great racing itself after the resurfacing uh, that they did, which we got some inside kind of stuff on and it was really fun to hear about at the track i don't know how Um, you lost over the fact that we talked to roman groshan but okay we talked to roman (laughs) groshan we talked to sebastian bourdais we talked to mclaughlin we talked to we talked to mechanics we talked to pit bosses we talked to a ton of people and it was just so much fun yeah to see to see bomberito under the lights after the last year we had come on come on it's that so was, good. It was so attractive so, to look at. It, it was, was so, so pretty. But, and driving away from it, you just look at it as it like glows in the background. You're mm-hmm, like, mm, mm-hmm. I love you. Um, so we, you know, we, we were excited. Fully, we were very excited. We come off and we're like, you know, let's temper it. We'll maybe have like a 30 minute episode. It's kind of going to kind of be a, you know, a mer race at the Hungaro ring. Yeah, exactly. Which it, it tends is. to be. Yes. And, you know, we kind of expected a return to form for Mercedes because right. Mercedes had been pretty emphatic that they were going to be ahead in the, both the constructors and the drivers before the summer break, which it is now the summer break. Currently is 26 days until our next race, uh, and we will be reconvening at Spa. Yeah. Um, but Mercedes said that, but not 
in in a way that they're posturing because this track was always one to favor Mercedes and it favors Lewis Hamilton a lot. And he's uh, done really, really well here. And I'll be darned if uh, they didn't say that. And uh, Tim, <laughs> dare I say, <laughs> it looked like they were going to be okay. It, it did. Uh, so they are, by the way, ahead in both constructors and drivers. So I mean, mm-hmm. uh. You know, they're they're men of their words, shall we say? They they are. They're a team of their word. Um, going into uh, qualifying, uh, it was a traditional one-two uh, with Mercedes locking Which out the front row. We haven't seen all that much this year. It was a little bit of no, an exception. It was traditional for the last five years, six years, but yeah. um, you know, not something we've seen a whole lot of this year. So that was interesting. But you're like, okay, they've got it unlocked. Yes, there was some controversy, I guess. And this is where Luke and I, I think we need to park it here. Yes. And kind of beat up the fan base a little bit. I am always okay with Bolton. No, I'm not actually. But you know what I'm saying say, this, this is weird for a show to do, but fans we're of gonna F1. We're going to have to bully the fan base we're gonna just have a little to, bit. We're going to have to manage your expectations. Okay. Massage you into evolving into better motorsport fans. Might, might I start? With explaining the incident we're talking about in case someone did not see qualifying. Yes, please. Okay, so qualifying three comes around, and uh, it's basically a, a, you know, Lewis, Valtteri, and then Max, and then Checo, okay? They both do their first lap, and Max and Checo end up three and four. Now, this is a subpar result from Max and Checo. Max and Checo probably should have been looking at second, right? The problem is, is this puts them in a position. What happens is coming down uh, to about a minute and 50 seconds left of qualifying session number three, Lewis pulls out, Max Verstappen pulls out behind Lewis. Max and Checo are the last two cars to exit pit lane. What Lewis does is he slows down in pit lane. I mean, he couldn't have been doing but 10 mile an hour, maybe. Maybe, right? Um and the yeah, the first thing you know is that when you look at social media, there's going to be some comments. But yeah. continue. So then Lewis comes out of the pit lane as slow as possible, and he hits the t- he hits kind of the the safety car line at the exit of pit lane, or the or he hits rather the exit of pit lane, right? And at the exit of pit lane, he starts doing his outlap, and he keeps uh, he keeps you know Checo and Max behind him. Then when the flying lap starts, Lewis is immediately let's say about two-tenths off of his optimum time, three-tenths, somewhere in there, somewhere to make you go, he ain't trying to log his best lap, is he? What he's doing and what he did and why people are mad is because not only did he hold map, uh, hold Max and, and Checo up coming out of the pit lane, which, by the way, was effe- so effective that Checo didn't cross the start line before time came out, so he didn't get a time, right? But then he proceeded to kind of half-heartedly go around the track in such a way to keep Max Right within that space where he just gives him dirty air for an entire lap, Max isn't able to set a better lap. Lewis gets pull, and they basically punt, uh, you know, a Red Bull down to third and fourth. Now, here's the thing. We saw just an intense amount of vitriol online yeah. to the point where we started texting each other being like, what has happened? Guys, here's the thing. That is a veteran move. That's racing. That's racing. And if you know that your opponent has 
bungled it and is behind you, you're not gonna make you're not gonna interrupt them while they're making a mistake. No. You're going to make sure that you ensure your race for tomorrow. So if that means taking a little bit of sauce off of it and making sure that they're they don't get any extra sauce and they don't get any advantage by you just punching a hole in the air. Yeah, that's what you do. That's gamesmanship. Yeah. It well and that's that's the thing is is you and I, we saw that and the second you see Lewis pull out in front of Max exiting the pits, even kind of before they really slowed down in the pits, the second you saw that then pull out of the garage, you, I, I think almost every other seasoned Formula One fan would go, oh, that was a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Red Bull messed it up. (laughs) So then it was weird to watch Twitter, watch Reddit, watch, you know, Facebook, Instagram blow up because they're blaming Lewis. Which, and saying, oh, he ruined things. That's what he was supposed to do. Yeah, that's part of the game. For If you, Formula One, and actually not just F1, the racing as a whole, from drag racing to Supercross to IndyCar, NASCAR, Formula One, baby, is about here's the hard limit of what you can't do. Find the maximum allowable advantage in the gray area. Absolutely. And right. The, and, and the other thing is that, not only did you and I feel this way, Christian Horner felt that way. Which he, he said, you know what? If it had been us in that position, we would have done the exact same thing. Right. They didn't. No harm, no foul. That is that is gamesmanship. And one of the expectations, too, is I saw a very common thread. They're like, well, how are you supposed to put down your best lap when you have somebody, you know, making dirty air and slowing you up the whole time? And I go, you know, it, not just me, but the, the crux of qualifying and of sports as a whole are you're not entitled red bull's not entitled to their best lap they're entitled to do everything in their power within the rules to make that happen but no team is obligated to let another team have their best lap exactly you're not you don't absolutely have to have, let everyone do the exact perfect thing the exact perfect circumstances that that that's not what this is when, when a driver gets over and lets another go by that is a, that is a favor Right. And you don't rely on favors when you're fighting for a championship. Correct. That every inch counts. You are playing the long game and you have to do yeah. what you have to do. You have right. to grow what Will Buxton calls the inner bastard. Yeah. And you have to take advantages wherever they are and find, you know, uh, uh, holes in your opponent's game. And I don't mean to bring this bring this up in a gatekeeping way, right? And, <laughs> and I, I love what this has, you know, how this has affected the the overall product of Formula One and the fan base. But I go back to Drive to Survive because this weekend was one of the one of the first times I've watched a social media reaction to something like that and been acutely aware of the effect that that has had because I saw a lot of takes um, from people who I'm like, you've been watching for one, maybe two years. Like you can just tell that like, well, this because they take to a you, very Drive to Survive spin to it. Right. And it's. It is a little, it is a little, and no, we don't want to gatekeep. No, 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 and that's awesome. You're getting into the sport that we love, and we love having you aboard. Yes. But if you've watched for a decade, Tim, how, what percentage of surprise were you to see this happen? Negative zero. Yeah. Like, it was, it was, no, I, I was excited to see it happen because I'm like, okay, here, the strategists are bungling it. This is great. Yeah. And the thing is, Luke and I are both big nerds. We're not going to gatekeep in any way. What we want to do is point this out to everyone and say, hey, let's take a step back and reflect. Yeah. And evolve as F1 fans. Mm -hmm. We want to see everybody evolve from this because this is not on Lewis. This is on Red Bull. And Red Bull said they would have done the exact same thing. So this is kind of stupid. And to be honest with you. 
Luke and I are a little bit more uh, hyper tuned into this criticism of Lewis because of all the hate that Lewis got in such a dark way at Silverstone. Let me let me preface this, by the way, as well, by saying Tim and I have never been Lewis fans. You can go back to our first season in 2019 where we were recording this show, or if you you know know us, you can go back to when we have been watching for you know decade at this point, over a decade actually. But mm-hmm. it, we've never been Lewis fans. There was nothing I wanted more than in 2019, 2020, than you know somebody to overthrow Mercedes, right? I'm not a Lewis stan. I'm not a Lewis fan. But the way, the kind of treatment he got, he got booed after the race for this, which I I guess maybe as an American and as a hockey fan didn't really bother me. I'm like, heh. But he got booed off after the race, uh, which is questionable. He got all this vitriol launched towards him following Silverstone. It's, It's unfair is what it is. It is. And, you know, we're going to call that out regardless of who it is. I mean, even if we're, it were uh, Pastor Maldonado, I mean, we would we would take it to you to be like, this is an unfair thing for you to do. Because fan bases do have to, I think, the best, the best fan bases in the world need to hold themselves to a higher standard than the least common denominator. And I get that the crowd and, you know, people are always going to levitate toward that um, and kind of sink to that level. But please don't, guys. You yeah. know, we hold yourself to a higher standard. This is a really cool sport. And what you saw in with Lewis on uh, Saturday was complete gamesmanship. He didn't use really that that many that much tactic to do it. No, um, it and he but he did it to perfection, yeah. well, which the, is kind of a pattern that we're going to go into. later. Yeah. And the gamesmanship, by the way, is part of what we love about the sport. I wouldn't remove the opportunity to do this because it's fun. It's right. part of what we like about exactly. not just F one but motorsports is the is the little you know the the, the little side and, game yeah, yeah the the bull hockey that you can do to get away with it. exactly the shenanigans shenanigans and is a great way to put it the yeah. shenanigans and if you take that away you kill the soul of the sport and it's always been kind of cheeky kind of like <laughs> got you there and if you if you take that away uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, you start to you start to really kind of creep into the killing the soul, and that's that's a shame because it's yeah. you should really stand around and enjoy it. So, that's that's qualifying, right? <laughs> like, All right. like I mean, quali- from here on out, just just you know, had, put up. in your mind a big neon sign with a couple of uh, klaxons si- sounding, saying "Buckle up." Yeah. Um, I, I, it, it gets a little nuts. You know what's funny is, again, I warned my friend, like, don't expect, after Saturday, don't expect that level of shenanigans at the Hungara ring. It's Monaco, but except it's a purpose-built facility in Hungary. Like, it, exactly. it really is. I feel like the, the stuff that they don't want you to know, guys, being like, this is where it gets crazy. <laughs> um, but, no, it... This is kind of where it gets crazy. So first thing in the morning, um, you know, we're we're all starting to get up. Uh, I am not the world's greatest uh, morning person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I am groggy. It's not pretty. I have my coffee, um, and I'm trying to like you know sit down and get into it. And I've I've, I've got the uh, the F3 race on, and it's it's wet. It is completely drenched, and I'm like, uh, boys. Because we have a text ring with yep, our friends, yep. um, and saying like, uh, "Hey boys, we're gonna <laughs> guess we, we what? Might, God decided to give us a gift today." Which, which is funny too, because I, I woke up. We did we did drag racing worldwide technology raceway, which I announced for. That's my connection to being inside racing. Um, is 
like I remember we were driving. I was driving to that, and I had kind of the Sky Sports feed, you know, on my phone playing through my car speakers, and I was just like, "Ooh, let's go, let's go!" And they're like, "It looks like it." The the brilliant part was, you get the car out, you know, and they do kind of the reconnaissance lap to park it on the grid, right? That was in the dry. That was a dry reconnaissance lap. It yep. started raining with about, I think, 20 minutes before the start of the race, and it was supposed to end, end raining about 30 minutes after the race started, which is kind of the brilliant thing, right? Because if it rains on Saturday and then rains on Sunday, it's like, okay, but they're prepared. This was like, congrats, Uh-oh. you get the formation lap, and then you got a race in the wet. Yep. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun. Um, so, yeah, they all had wet, they all had dry setups, so they had to switch to inters. Nobody, I think... Uh, started on softs, except for maybe Giovinazzi after the formation lap. Yeah. He dove into the pits and said, you know, he actually said over the radio, you know, hey, I'm going to try. We're going to gamble. Um, yeah. The funny thing is that they started talking about the uh, the issue with the rule about changing your tires before the race starts right at that point. Which is what we Which, got from Hungary last year via Haas. Exactly. So um, brilliant move back then by Haas. Too. Yeah. We shouldn't have been punished for that, by the way. We stand that, by that. We stand by that. That was that was baloney. Yeah. Um, and there also, someone else shouldn't have been penalized uh, this weekend, and I'm pissed about we'll, it. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But so, you know, Giovinazzi dives in, and basically we have our grid. We have it set up, and I don't know about you. I could feel it in my bones that something bad was Something coming. bad was going to happen, and sure enough, lights out, away we go. I'm watch. I'm like staring at the screen right now. Junior dragsters, you know, forget them <laughs> as they're going at literally eight in the morning over here in the states, right? Who does that? I am. I am. Uh, the junior dragsters are awesome, by the way. They're like nine years old and going like seventy-five down a drag strip. That's pretty cool. Oh, it's it's terribly cool, but not at eight in the morning. Well, they do it at eight in the morning because all the big boys want to wake up. At you know, mornings are for con are for coffee and contemplation. Yeah, while well, I was contemplating watching Valtteri Bottas <laughs> slam slam the brakes. So, so yeah, so yeah. he he misses his mark. Everybody, he, uh, the Lewis gets away well. Yep, Max gets away well. Checo and uh, and Bottas don't really. They kind of go off to the inside and cover off. Checo, being the ultimate rear gunner, uh, tries to move around Bottas mm-hmm. and you know kind of cover him off. Bottas gets bogged down, doesn't have a good start, and he breaks late. The trouble is. Lando has filled the gap. Yes. And Lando like a, gauges his move perfectly. Yeah. I think Lando might have been in, in shape to win uh, this particular one had he been able to stay in the race. Yeah. Because he got he made so much room up. Um, but, yeah, uh, unfortunately, because he was trying to lay, uh, break late and make up for his bungled start, Valtteri careened into the back of Lando, who careened into the side of Max, and, and Carlos Sainz. And Carlos Sainz and Checo Perez. Yeah, no, 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 not Carlos. Sorry. Max Charles and Checo. Charles Leclerc. Charles Leclerc, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Checo. Checo got taken out. Yeah. yeah. And then at the same time, though, uh, Lance Stroll hits the brakes and well, take. D- yeah, he was just a doofus. Yeah. So uh, let's 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 par- put the you know pause here because I notice a lot of maybe they're Drive to Survive fans that are used to kind of the narrative on that. Um, that was in no way intentional by Valtteri yeah. Bottas. Let's let's also dispel this internet issue. <laughs> Everybody on the internet was saying it was like passing around the uh the meme with uh with the emperor from Star Wars saying execute order 66. Yeah. And it's like 
guys, no. <laughs> that, that, it, that is not a thing. The way Total he, Wolf would not stoop. No. Well, also, the way you put it, I think, is best, where he... Valtteri hits on the brakes, hits Lando Norris like a pool ball, and takes out two Red Bulls. If he was that precise, he'd be a multi-time world champion. He'd be the champ. (laughs) He would be the goat if he was able to... (laughs) Judge that. Judge that and and send Lando into somebody. That would be the most insane amount of precision in the wet. I think he just broke late because he was trying to make up for it. I think, think too, if if you watch the replay, too... Um, I don't know about the exact moment he hit the brakes because he immediately kind of aquaplaned, right? Yeah. But if you watch the replay, he turns his wheel at the correct time too. Yes. Which is when it really started to go, oh, no, right? Yeah, he had no grip whatsoever. Right? So it's a gray area as to where he broke. It might have been a little later than normal, but he probably would have been able to get away with it if the track been like, you know, 5%, 10% drier. But, like, if you just watch the way that his wheels turn, you know, lock up and also turn – he he had every intention of making that corner. The right. car just did not. Exactly. So, um, no, this was a one million percent accident. It's on him for yeah. sure. But you know, I, come it, on, it's guys. his fault. But at the same time, I don't really blame him either because the track the track was trash. The, he, yes, him and Stroll had trouble, and I think just about it. You saw, I think about half the grid in some way, shape, or form was kicking wide, or maybe had a little wiggle, or so. It was sketch. It, it was very sketchy. It, it really was. And unfortunately, there was carnage everywhere as a result. Yeah. So uh, they obviously, they did one lap around uh, and did a bunch of calls in saying, ha guys, it's everywhere. Yeah. So uh, they red flagged the session. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they go to restart the race, everything's cleared off. The The deck is kind of shuffled kind of hard. Yeah. Um. The the restart is interesting. By the way, by the way, let's uh, read this off for the uh, DNS: Lance Stroll, Charles Leclerc, Checo Perez, Valtteri Bottas, Lando Norris, Nikita Matspin is technically a uh, a victim in this. He got in an incident in the pit lane that was a, just a direct result of this incident. Yeah. Um, so we're going to count Nikita Matspin, but already you have fourteen cars left. <laughs> you didn't have much. Not not only fourteen cars left, but between Lando, Valtteri, Checo Perez, Leclerc. Uh, that's the sharp end of the field. Like, it, 75% of it gone. Yeah, exactly. So, we fully expected some awesome stuff some, to happen. Yeah. So, so but we what we didn't expect, though, was any winner other than Lewis. Because yes. when we when we go back to green, we stage, uh, you know, we get... Not stage, that's well, a drag racing term. But, but also, when before we get there, we notice and we hear the... Uh, uh, radio call between Max and his engineer mm-hmm. saying, uh, hey, Max, yeah, the barge board's gone. And he's like, what do you mean the barge board's gone? He goes, it's it's gone. Yeah. Like the your right and, and, barge board, it's just going to, you're just going to yeah. have to hang in there with you, it. I think the quote was, you still have half a car. <laughs> that was from Christian Horner. Yeah. He said, Christian came over the radio, well, you still got half a car. <laughs> so, uh, and, and considering where he finished, <laughs> I mean, hats off to Max. <laughs> Jesus wept. That's insane. <laughs> you had half a car. If it, anybody wants to jump online, just look for anything. Look for uh, Verstappen car, and it'll be with post within the last day. Half the car on the right-hand side yeah. is gone. So there's the there's kind of the cockpit, the monocoque as we called it, and then there's the floor on the outside of it. There is no floor on the right-hand side. There, It's gone. It's Bye-bye. just There's just nothing. Um, so Max is missing half of his car. Lewis is still okay because Lewis – 
as the leader, and this is the advantage you get as the leader, was already past the incident, right? Yes. So you go, ah, Lewis gets this, is going to be fine. We go, you know, we do our kind of formation lap, so we do, and we see something I have never seen. Right. And I again, will, it you, goes back to we, the, the pit wall cannot talk to the driver about tire strategy in the formation lap. Mm-hmm. All the drivers are on their own. They right. do the formation lap, and I've never seen this before. I, I, you won't, and you will never again. The closest thing that this that this is is the 2005 USGP, where we had six starters. We've never just had one That's because true. every single car jumps into pit lane. Why? In the, I don't know, 35, 40 minutes that it took to clean this up, well, it stopped raining and the track dried out a lot. Yes. Lewis and they could swap. Everybody was on inter still, so they swapped to soft. Right. Lewis decides not to for whatever reason. Goes up, you know, pulls up to the starting line. Ding, 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 go. He's the only guy there. He's Everybody the else one. gets a pit stop, and they are lined up at pit lane, and they're not allowed to leave pit lane until the lights go down. And then they one by one, vroom, 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 and go chase down Lewis Hamilton. This is... Lewis had to come in the, the, the very the, next yeah, lap. Yeah, the very next lap, which is a uncharacteristic fumble from Mercedes. That was a that was their strategist bungling it. And yeah, it put him in dead last. I don't know I don't know how this is I can understand in a way Max taking last, you know, going out last in qualifying because you're in a catch 22. You need to make up time in order to beat Lewis and the best way to do that is to uh, you know, be the last guy out on the track because of the way the track evolves and you might get a toe down the straight, who knows. I don't understand the opposite side of Mercedes, right? Everybody in their mother knows that this track is dry and you can throw softs on, right? You don't even need to, you know, intermediates. Intermediates are going to be useless. Did they just forget? I, I genuinely don't know. <laughs> like, is it, I've, it, I've never, this is, well, and it's a running theme of this season though, right? As we kind of, you know, break this down, like, how many times have we seen Mercedes have a strategy error this year? As compared to the six years before, never. And the thing is, is that they, but they're used to being out front. Yeah. And now they're kind of they've got the yips. Uh, how many times has Red Bull bungled stuff? Never. Never, because they're well, they're usually they're, used to running second. Exactly. They're used to chasing. So you're seeing roles reverse, and they're not coping well. No. Um, it's like a pressure test for the whole system. So, but yeah, they he didn't get it out. Then they then he's dead last and he's you know off and running but dead last of the fourteen of the fourteen, but it's an interesting thing because there's a new leader out front one Esteban Ocon who, which we definitely didn't expect no, to see nobody did no it's it's running Ocon Vettel at that point right and then uh, Carlos Sainz I believe was in third following that restart it this is. The, if you had to throw a, you know, if you had to pick a random winner, I don't think there's, you know, a program that you can get that's random enough to pick Esteban Ocon, which I think we, I think we should give him all due congratulations. This is a well-deserved win. It was a brilliant drive. And honestly, with as long, you know, with his story and as long as he's been kind of fighting for a permanent seat in F1 and gets it at a mid-level Alpine team or Renault, uh, it's nice to see. It's a good. It's a good story. I feel good for him. I'm. I'm happy for him. Oh, I, I'm. I'm absolutely thrilled for him. It was a. And the thing is, the the way this race evolved, he was being just hassled, hassled and harried by Sebastian Vettel. Who the is no whole slouch. race. 
The whole race, he was either 0.7 to 1.2 behind him every time I looked at the timing. He, he had was, DRS every single lap. He did, and it was it was a beautiful – he was pressed every turn. Yeah. And so, you know, hats off to that young man. He's had – and here's where your drive to survive expertise can come into play. He does come from a humble background. Mm-hmm. Um, he has the raw talent that you need, and he did really, really and well the, this and weekend. And he was, he was a Mercedes kind of, you know – program driver but he never had the chance because they have lewis and valtteri and if you're a young guy good luck getting the call up yeah exactly so it's cool to see him you know he had a dream it was taken away by the goat so to speak not that it's lewis's fault for heaven's sake but it was kind of taken away because you went up against the unbeatable uh and it was also taken away because you know your dream almost got stripped away when you had to be bumped out for money yeah. Um, so, and that's that was brutal. He almost didn't come back. Yeah, he did it, have to sit a year out. It was a great story. And I think one of the things, too, is, is this is kind of the race of the other guys. The other guys shined. You know, obviously you have Esteban Ocon, but Sebastian Vettel had a wonderful race. We'll get into him later, uh, finishing second with an asterisk. Yes. Uh, well, we'll get into that, all right? Um, Carlos Sainz. Driver of the day, Fernando Alonso. Easily. It, all right, let's let's no, no, let's talk about. Let, do, do you want to talk about Fernando? I want to talk about Fernando. Let's talk and about Fernando. Because I promised you something. Yeah. And I haven't told you what it is. You said, okay. I, so, said, I said, what were my words? You said, I've changed my heart on something. Yes. And I need to tell you about it, but I'm going to save it for the show because I care that much about the show because my name's Tim Martin and I absolutely love you, Luke. I do, buddy. I do too. And here, here, this is this is my gift. I have completely changed my mind about Fernando Alonso. Go on. What was that, your previous mindset? My previous mindset was that he was a toxic, washed-up driver. Okay. And he didn't have anything, you know, that inspiring. He had manufactured stuff like driving on two wheels in Baku, um, you know, th- with with McLaren. Um, he had he had just this uh, huge wake of politics crap in yep. his in his you know past and all that stuff I so just you changed your mind yes and let me wet let me wax poetic darn it i, I this, want you to wax poetic about how, how why don't you care about how i've changed my heart i'm trying to tell you that you know mine's gonna be are you trying to can... side do the sidebar gag to me yes <laughs> i think it's going quite well <laughs> That's my opinion. So you changed your mind. So I though. changed my mind because here's the thing: between laps 55 and 65, because he saw on the screen, the team didn't say anything to him. Mm-hmm. He saw that Esteban was a certain gap ahead of him, and he saw Lewis coming up behind him at and chomping into Esteban's lead at two seconds per uh, per lap. Mm-hmm. He knew that he didn't have Esteban's pace. So what Alonso did was the ultimate thing for the team. I've never known Fernando Alonso to be a team player like this. The thing is, like, watching him do what he did with the raw skill that that only he could possess was just one of the most exciting. That, that was the most exciting 10 laps I think I've seen this year. Between 55 and 65, I promise. Which if you go this year you, has had some really exciting stretches at 10 laps. It does. It has. But I'm telling you, this is absolutely it. You what could Alon- replay that in racing school for defensive driving. That he, That's what he did. He put on a master class of defensive driving. He took an inferior Alpine. By a mile, by the way. By Luke. a mile. And, and made sure to keep Lewis behind him for 10 laps to allow his little protege 
his teammate to keep to stay up the road and to win the race. So what he did was he kept the car in the middle of the road as perfectly as you could. Whenever Lewis came into Dosi Do, he had the perfect response. That was you know how we talk about you know everybody's you know God level this and yeah. that that's Omega level driving. It really is. That's what that was. It was absolutely exquisite. That's one of those drives too where Lewis on the other hand of it, sometimes when a guy goes defensive you get frustrated but I've raced with enough people that are equal in my skill level to like, when that goes on for that distance, Lewis gets frustrated but then you just, you crack the biggest smile because you're like, this is just awesome. That is the kind of driving for both drivers where you get out and you do, you know, one of the little, you know, handshakes. You're like, that was the reason I fell in love with this sport. It, it is it defensive was. chess matches like that. It was defensive chess matches, but what made it more so was that it completely changed my mind about how he views the race. Yeah. How he views the team, how the team should be in service of him. Absolutely not. That was completely 100% for his teammate and for his team. So he he just every single lap, the one place you can you can actually pass at the Hungaro ring, every single time he had an answer. Yep. And he held up Lewis just long enough, just long enough to to get him off the road. So um old man Nando, I'm in. Yeah. This is awesome. Well, I completely changed my mind about it. And seeing him afterward in the paddock. Uh, when they both still had their helmets on, and Esteban came mm-hmm. up to him and he lifts him in the air, and he's got the the proud uncle like, <laughs> <laughs> he's so happy. Yeah, um, that was. I have completely it, changed my mind. I am on board with Fernando Alonso. Was, that was the best driving I have ever seen in my life. Lest any of you forget that he is a two time world champion. He is a two time world champion. Who, he still got it. He still got <laughs> it. But but I will put him on the top tier because that that driving was absurd. It was absurd. There is no reason with the car difference that he should be able to do that. By the way, you talk about getting like doing everything he can. What was this figure Lewis Hamilton's gaining on Ocon by about two seconds a lap? Two seconds per lap. Do you want to take a guess as to what the uh, gap between Ocon and Vettel was at the end of the race? Uh, no, go ahead. 2.7 seconds. So he literally, if he failed for one more lap, Lewis Hamilton probably would have got DRS in one. And who? how far behind Vettel was Lewis? Uh, Lewis was 1.85, or no, he wasn't 1.85, excuse me, he was one second behind Vettel. So he was within DRS range. Yeah, within DRS range of Vettel, so we would have had DRS into Vettel, get by Vettel, DRS into Esteban Ocon. If it, it, all, it all it would have taken is two laps. Yeah. And and Alonzo did it. Alonzo. Holy guacamole. You This was a week of brilliant moves by teammates, because he's not the only one. I want to get into another driver who deserves driver of the day and honestly uh, is absolutely shocking. He's not my second. Well, he's my second driver of the day. I have three drivers of the day. It's okay. I want to talk. You know who it is. I know who it is. I want to talk George Russell in P9, uh, which, by the way, Nicholas Nicholas Latifi in P8. Let's talk about that because we, we talked about Fernando Alonso sacrificing himself for the team. George Russell has never been in the points before, not because he's not a good driver, but because the Williams has been one of the worst cars of all time uh, from, what, about 2018, 19, and 20? And it's not the worst car now, but he notices in mid-race that he's in points. He is desperate for points, right? He, He sees Nicholas Latifi is ahead of him, and he radios in. 
Do you want to play the radio call? I've got it right here on the F1 Instagram. Oh, throw it away. Let's do it. So Prioritize said, Nikki. If, if you I, need to compromise my race to help Nikki, do it. Yep. From a guy who his entire career has wanted nothing more than to be in the points, has been beat down and beat down and beat down again, and he says, no. Prioritize Nikki's race, not mine. This team needs points. Yep. This is a team player. That was I, – I have literal chills right now. Right yeah. now. You can you can it feel was, my arms. I have goosebumps. I, it, I, I can see it. Yeah, it is. That was just brilliant. And to watch him after the race, uh, it was on Ziggo. I, well, the clip I saw was from Ziggo. It was from Ziggo. It was uh, for the Hungarian press. I was believe. it for the Hungarian yeah, press? The, he comes out of the, he comes out and he's very clearly crying, tears of joy, and he's like, "I have no words," and just yeah. quietness. And he's like, "P nine, yeah, P nine points, points, yeah." So I, no, uh, absolutely brilliant drive by him. Elated for and him. how big is this for not just him? Let's talk about Williams. One Nicholas Latifi had a. Darn good drive. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> it was so good. Latifi was good. He, he praised upon George because he got the first points in his life, but this is the first points for Latifi, and he beat George. He beat George on and, merit. And Williams, by the way, uh, grabs P8 and 9. That's a double points finish. I think that's their, that's their first double points finish since 2013. I, it, it honestly might be. Uh, with, by the way, big implications for Williams, right? Because those two, uh, you know, that... That finish just jumped them ahead of Alfa Romeo Racing, who had three points. They, there we they go. moved from P nine to P eight, baby. There we go. <laughs> you lo- I love it. It's it's legitimately just heartwarming stuff. Yeah. And I know that the Williams family isn't connected to Williams Racing anymore, but it's things but, like that that they have to. You know, Claire's watching, and she gets a big grin because she knows that the team's in good hands. And for me, it's not even about that. You know, the Williams family. The, the if you want to check out their uh, their whole story, it is just crushingly tragic uh on on netflix i think it's still there but the fact for me the thing that warms my heart so much is that it's a privateer team yeah it's privately held it's not a manufacturer so they're they typically last a lot longer than manufacturers not they're not um subject to the whims of you know the global their whole business is racing correct and so uh no that was an absolutely awesome time from them Carlos Sainz uh, did pretty well. Um, Do you want me well? to bring up my P, my my other driver of the day? Go ahead. Do you know who it is? Uh, no. I'm looking. He's outside the points. I know, but I was very, you very mean, impressed you mean because of a couple of fights that our our boy Mick had. Very impressed by Mick Schumacher. <laughs> very. He and hey. He I went toe to toe with Lewis and Max I and held him off for a while. Max actually bumped him. Yeah. So I think that uh, Max owes some money to Haas, <laughs> according to Christian Horner rules. Do you want to slip into the news lane right now? Yeah, sure. All right, let's slip into the news lane because Christian Horner and Mattia Bonato uh, have kind and of— yes, we can we can both audibly hear your eye rolls from here. We get it. We agree with you. Yeah, we get it's it. It's all crap. <laughs> we we but, know. Yeah, we, we know. know. Christian Horner and Mattia Bonato— uh, have kind of, you know, for the last three weeks, Christian Horner has been talking a lot about damage, blah, blah, blah. They have kind of appealed to the FIA to say, hey, that whole Valtteri Botas guy caused all this damage, or that Lance Stroll character took out my driver. I'm going to have to pay to fix this, which is going to come out of my budget cap, right? 
they should have to fix this. Lance Stroll and his team should have to pay to fix my car, which, what? <laughs> this is racing. You don't you don't pay to fix somebody else's car. This is, yeah. Not, the thing not is, in Formula One, not in high-level racing. Maybe if you're doing a track day, it's some BS, and you have your Corolla out there, but for good night, sir. This is all them realizing that they have a cost cap soon, and they have only a certain amount of money to develop their new car. And this is them being cheapskates and not wanting to actually do that much with this year. So I guess, according to Christian Horner and Mattia Bonato, we should all be very uh, delicate around the corners and not actually race. Because that's what that's what's going to happen yeah. is because you're going to say, oh well, if you if if it's just a racing incident, we're going to blame you, and we're yeah. not afraid to bring out lawyers, so we're going to you know try to sue you until you get this. P.S. Renting out a lawyer isn't in you know cheap. No, so, that's you know, that's also out of your budget cap, by the way. Exactly. So it, it's uh, James just Hinchcliffe so tweeted out. He said basically he saw that story. James Hinchcliffe tweeted out. He said this isn't. Running a red light because you're texting. This is racing where inherently it is dangerous. Inherently, the goal is to slip by in even the most narrowest and dangerous of margins. The goal is to operate on the bleeding edge of almost crashing. This is the dumbest. <laughs> he he ripped it. He is ripped that, it. Does that mean that IndyCar is better than F1 now? I'm not going to say that because we have a lot of F1 listeners, but you can go back and check the tapes, and I've said yes. <laughs> uh, I will say that, uh, yeah, uh, IndyCar is not afraid to get their elbows out. No, And no. F1 shouldn't be afraid to do it either. No. Obviously, Max is. Do so. you want wheel-to-wheel racing or do you not? Right, exactly. And you Just pick a lane, Do baby. you want good racing or not? Yeah. You know, otherwise we have these processional things, so thanks, Christian, for trying to neuter F1. It's not. It's not even really... Uh, Christian did it too, but also uh, this is a very much a Ferrari-led thing too. Uh, Mattia Bonotto, quote, I think there's value for discussions in the near future with other team principals, uh, the FIA and F1. Obviously, if you're not guilty, having such damage in the budget cap is something which is even more of a consequence now. Uh, look, well, la-ti-da. Let me tell you right now, as a fan, Tim and I, we're red-blooded Americans, and we're fans of sports, many of which have salary caps. All right? Yep. Salary caps, you can only spend so much money on players per year in salary. That doesn't mean you have to spend up to the limit. Do you know what really good teams do? They figure out how to be very, very good, but still come in like maybe $6 million under the budget ca- under the salary cap in the NHL. Why do they do that? Because sometimes at the last second, before the trade deadline, right when you're making a push for qualifying, you need that $6 million more than you need that player who would take up that space. You need to go out and find a new piece. You need to go out and you found a problem with your team and you need to address that. And now you have $6 million in free money, which is worth more in terms of usefulness than $6 million. It's worth a ton. It's invaluable. It is. And the thing, I think your overall point is absolutely accurate. Yeah. The thing is F1 needs to get better with their money. Yeah. So, is that Mattia, five? why don't you just go to business school, bud? Mm-hmm. Is that $1.2 million front wing, is that worth $1.2 million in terms? Or could you build it for $500,000, lose one you know hundredth of a percent of performance, and then go and take that $700,000 and address, you know, and, you know, ferret it away? Because gasp, you might get in a car. You have to be able to allocate and have a for lack of a better term, savings account. You have to have spare cap space, as we call it in you the have, U.S. You have to run your team in, in business differently. Yeah. You and have, you have to be more conscious about the money mm-hmm. that you spend. You can't just spend right up to the limit because no. then 
then you're not going to have anything yeah. left. Do you know? So. Do you know what we call that in sports? We call it cap hell, right? Is yep. is this player is good or this front wing is good, but we're paying him six million dollars when he's only providing technically five million dollars of value for us? Do you know what happens when teams run up against the cap like that? They have to get rid of that player, even though he's good, because. He, he's not technically worth it. And you have to look at your parts. You have to look at your labor. You have to look at stuff like that and say we got to slim up and we have to get the exact value or find value out of the parts you make because it, you have to have that. You're going to need spare money to fix your car. Yeah. Budget, and, budget like, hey, we're going to DNF six times this year. Bing, bang, boom. And, you know, we need a certain, you know, emergency rainy day fund. Well, you really and, do. And if, you, you know, at the end of the year you have more of that, well, then maybe we find something else to do. Maybe I'm willing, we upgrade a facility or hire some people. I'm willing to bet in, like, 2024, by thereabouts, that the, that the best, that the championship winning teams are going to be the ones, not the ones who spend exactly to the cap. They're going to be the ones that have uh, a space between what they spent on everything and what their, you know, what the cap is, and they didn't crash enough to justify spending to the cap because no. they didn't have to fix their they had that buffer and they didnn't have to use it. Yeah. I, yeah. I would rec- with a $140 million budget, I would bet, guess that the champs are going to spend $120 million. Not $140, $120. They'll figure something out. You really do. So that is that is your BS of the week. <laughs> we should really start a segment. BS we of the week. Uh, sold. Yeah. BS <laughs> of the week. Yeah. That's that's easy. It's usually going to come from Christian Horner or Mattia Bonato. So Whoa, spoiler how alert. How dare you? How dare you? What? Uh, I'm just being honest. <laughs> Uh, so let's uh, let's talk. Uh, let's go back to the race here. Carlos Sainz had a brilliant race uh, for Ferrari. You just could not find a way around Sebastian Vettel and Esteban Ocon, which brings us to kind of our final bit of drama for the race here. We'll talk about that after the break. This is the Formation Lap live from the 101 ESPN Studios. The Formation Lap. The Formation Lap. Welcome back to the Formation Lab for the 101 ESPN Studios. Back in studio after being on location last week. Yeah, that was so fun. It, it is fun. It feels nice, though, to have, like, the headphones on and hear our voices again. Yeah, but it, I'll be honest. I really did uh, like having the uh, backdrop uh, <laughs> last, last it, week of not only the Worldwide Technology press conference uh, room, but... Uh, the yeah. If you go back and listen back, and I, I kind of made sure it was this way um, with where I selected location wise. Not that there's really anywhere you wouldn't be able to hear them, but I made sure to you could hear in the background the whole time. It was pretty yeah, great. Roaring V six. Uh, it, cool. it was a good time. So back to F one though. Yes. Uh, IndyCar. Trust me. After this next, uh, after this during this F one break, IndyCar for three straight weeks, baby, including the Bomberito five hundred. The Outlap F one guys will be in town. It'll be great. Um, but <laughs> and also uh, the new Music City, yeah, Music uh, City GP, which I'm I'm nervous about. I'm nervous as well. And also between the Music City GP and the Bomberito 500, which you should be excited for, if you're an F1 fan, is Roman Grosjean's return to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course, where those of you with a sharp memory might remember he grabbed a pole and finished second. Uh, previously, it's the course that he's most familiar with in terms of driving style. It's very much a European-style road course. Yes, it is. It'll be very intriguing to see what he does on his return. Can't wait. Now I'm he has excited. a little more confidence in that. Yes. So F1, though, this is we got to focus on Hungary here yes. because this is— Let's wrap up Yeah, because well, there, there was some last-minute stuff. There really was. Sebastian Vettel finishes P2, and I think everybody on the grid is happy for Seb to grab P2. It, it was— 
the only disappointment of the trace was we didn't get to see a Seb versus Lewis battle. But I'm more yeah. happy that. But I'm happy enough that we got Seb and P two that I don't think I would have wanted to see it. I I agree. Um, before the race, uh, he did make a protest um, yes. against the country of Hungary uh, for their uh, anti LGBT. Uh, laws that they have recently passed yeah so he showed up and wore a a you know rainbow shirt and said basically like hey i'm gonna do this and they can disqualify me i don't care right yeah, like, he actually invited them to they yeah. said oh well it's being investigated he goes yeah cool do it i'll do it again cue th- curb your enthusiasm music because he actually did get disqualified but not for that for a very interesting piece I'm not sure I've seen anyone qual- disqualified for this. I mean, it's in the manual. It Can't is. lie. It's under Section 6, I believe. Um, but essentially, after the race, he was pulled over immediately. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time I saw anyone do that. Um, but essentially, uh, they wanted a fuel sample, and they needed a liter. And they were only able to get four-tenths of a liter. So what they the trouble, I believe, was... The FIA couldn't get to it, and the, so the 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 rules say that the stewards have to be able to get to it, uh-huh. um, and they didn't weren't able to with their device. So they disqualified him officially. Now, was he low on fuel to the point where that would be an issue? I it is that is unclear because I can see if like we can't get to it because we have X amount in the fuel line up to the engine. We're so low on fuel that that's where the extra, and I don't know about the actual amount that this would be. That that's where like the extra, you know two-tenths of a liter is is literally between the tank and the engine yeah i i don't know where it would be um but, but it's it's interesting because you've never seen anyone disqualified for that he did push pretty hard so he may have used more fuel than he had expected to which i wouldn't surprise me either he did push hard because you'll remember he never really waned off of Ocon's tail the entire race no and he was i mean that's a lot of fuel to, and it's not an easy track to follow that closely for for 70 straight laps no it is not so it was it's interesting to see um that they took this route uh but it has been so he was officially disqualified Carlos Sainz was officially called number three, but in the FIA uh, official report, it still says provisional. Uh, so the number two is provisional. They left Seb on the printout, yeah, and they with an asterisk saying, you know, pending. Uh, yeah. uh, right, right now it goes number one DQ two three on their website, but it is provisional. I think the interest there will be um, some interest. In how this plays out. Oh, here's a fun quirk. I'm just now looking at their website, by the way. Uh, if you go to the F1 website, uh, Esteban Ocon has 25 points as a result of this race, and everyone else has zero because, because it's all up in the air. Yeah, number it's two has not been determined. confirmed, right? Yes. Which would, of course, determine like you know whether Yuki Tsunoda grabbed sixth or fifth. Um, Correct. Or, so, or I guess it would be uh, seventh or sixth. But I. I, I have kind of a dual take on this, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to play the fence here. I'm going to be that guy who sits on the fence. I think it's kind of BS. I, I'm like, hey, look, it, that seems awfully harsh considering you were able to get four-tenths of a liter. And you know, it, he might have pushed all race. He might be low on fuel. I'm not sure. I would speculate that that might be part of the issue. Um, but to take a second-place finish out of a guy like this, I go, nah. On the other hand... The rules, the rules, the rules, man. And, and if you break that rule or you introduce a gray area to that rule, there's a whole lot of cheating that can go on in that. I was going to say, then all of a sudden, a lot of teams are going to look at that and think, huh, okay, gotcha. You, do you want to invite a way to cheat during, you know, fuel sample testing? Because I, I don't. 
Well, which is what would happen if you introduce a leniency to this. Exactly. So I don't know how this is going to shake out. But for Seb, I am gutted because he had a great race. He had a great weekend. Seeing him uh, out after Silverstone with uh, a trash bag, picking up trash in the grandstands. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's turned into nice guy Seb. So, um, you know, I think. Did, did you think in 2014 or did you not not 2014? Did you think 2013? 2013. Yeah. Did you think you'd be rooting for Seb at this point? No. <laughs> I didn't Absolutely either, did not. you? But, I mean, before this weekend, I wasn't going to be rooting for Alonzo. So, that's life changes. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. I'm, you're, you're coming around to him. Uh, I am on board. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that was, that was he easily He does the... seem to have, and if you go back and look at this season even, he does seem to have just a better attitude about Oh, a it. much better attitude. Um, but I will say that, that uh, and I, this might, you know, be... Uh, we, I might get criticism for being hyperbolic, for being uh, you, you can know, send us su- hate superlative. Mail. Send us a hate mail. I'm at TimSDLF1. I'm at FormationLap101. You can also email us at TheFormationLap at 101ESPN.com. If you'd like to throw a brick through our window, do it the fourth window in from the right. That is uh, our definitely our office and definitely not Brad Thompson's. Of course. So, But I would say I don't want to use too many superlatives, but that te- those 10 laps were easily the best i've ever seen that was absolute precision driving they barely touched wheels once i think they rubbed the pirelli off of uh one of lewis's tires it was two it was two masters it was two masters it was a the duel of the year for sure so we wrap this race up uh with What we all expected going into the season, Lewis Hamilton leads Max Verstappen. Uh, Lewis Hamilton leads Max Verstappen, by the way, by as it's listed right now, which could change. Thank you, Seb Vettel. Uh, he leads by eight points, 195 to 187. The teams are the same way. Mercedes leads Red Bull 303 to 291 points. So that is by, hold on, hold on, 12 points. Yep. Um, brain had to buffer. This is, I said, I, it's going to be very fun loose quotations watching any comment board where uh, heaven forbid instagram reddit twitter uh places where newer fans who like really do buy into lewis is doing these things on purpose Mm -hmm. um i it's gonna be fun watching because it's gonna be three weeks of festering madness Oh, yeah. If you will, right? I, I said before this race, I'm like, if Mercedes ends, the if Mercedes go, goes into the summer break in the lead, this things are going to go nuclear on chat sites. Oh, yeah. They're going to be just intense. It, they're going to be intense. It It's okay, though, because Tim and I will shift our focus onto IndyCar, which, hey, six races left in the season. It is championship time, baby. It is, and uh, these next few weeks are going to be fun. They really, really are. Let's wrap up the episode, Tim. Yes. With, you know, doing our best teacher impression, all right? We have, you know, our pencils. We have our thing of Clorox wipes, okay? We ate an apple at some point, presumably in the last week. Mm. Uh, We're going to grade this race. Okay. Tim, would you like to do the honors? Yes, I give it an A. Give it an A. Explain yourself. <laughs> because I'll be I'll the, be the, I'll be the judge of your dissertation talking oh about grades. Oh my god! <laughs> um, I think it does not deserve the A plus. Okay, because it was the result of shenanigans, and the 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 Alpine did not win on merit; it won on luck. Uh, they did win. It was really great. There are a lot of heartwarming stories to this. Um, 
but I don't. So I don't think it rises to the A plus of like a Suzuka or um, a Brazil Interlagos mm-hmm. uh, two years ago, where um, you know Pierre Gasly took a took a podium and he outlegged Lewis Hamilton on merit, um, and everything happened in that Red Bull uh, team as well. Um, I think that is an A plus race. Uh, where it goes and it's all all down to merit and it's all wheel to wheel racing chaos but merit at the same correct point. I think that this is uh, chaos so yeah. uh, I think I did the same thing to Turkey last year yeah so you uh, I am on the same page I would say it's an A not an A plus you got to remember we're over here we're trying to be sticklers right like I personally in movie. You know, it bugs me that the average movie is scored like a 7 out of 10. I'm like, that's two standards of deviation above what should be average, right? Exactly. This is very much in a, a, a very multiple standards deviation above the average of C. Oh, yeah. Um, It's just it, the A-plus has to be reserved for the exquisite. Say, what? Yeah. You, yeah. you shouldn't be giving an A-plus race out even on a yearly basis. Right. And, you know, like I think last year we both, we both gave it to Monza. Yeah. Because... I mean, who saw Pierre Gasly coming? Who saw Pierre Gasly coming? But also, it was, yes, there were incidents, but it was merit. Right. Right? Like, so, it wasn't, we took out half the field. It was, you know, there's, Ferrari's going to crash out, but Ferrari didn't do anything. And then Lewis made a mistake, which allowed Pierre to capitalize on merit versus um, half the field's gone because of a wreck. Right. So. Um, I, I, this reminds me of Germany. Mm. of 2019. Yeah, I agree. Great race. I will rewatch this race just as I rewatch Germany of 2019. It's not an A+. It is an A with a bullet. There ain't nothing wrong with a 95%, baby. Nope. I love it. All right. Well, as we wrap up, I would like to thank Kent, our very first subscriber on Anchor. You guys can go over to Anchor and subscribe to the podcast. It just gives us uh, a dollar amount of your choosing, I believe, Uh per month it helps us create this kind of stuff tim and i uh, do this kind of just out of the love of our own our own love of racing really but you know we do take days off sometimes to go to race we do kind of schedule stuff around going to you know an oval on midday on a tuesday to go talk to roman groshan um it just helps out a lot so you can do that uh, on the anchor app you can go on to anchor uh anywhere that you have internet access and support it if you so choose if not i Hey, we're not offended, right? We do this because we love to do it. Right. And uh, But if you do decide to uh, throw a couple shackles our way uh, every single month, uh, we are we would be able to bring you better content. We, like, we would be. We can upgrade things. Yeah, we would be. Uh, email us if you do that, by the way, uh, at theformationlap at 101ESPN.com. And uh, just say, like, hey, you know, I just subscribed. You know, we'll send you a, a thank you and, you know, maybe some audio that we have locked away in the vault of things that we laugh about beforehand we'll 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 figure something out yeah we'll reach out to us for sure um but i think on that bombshell tim yes i think it's time to end probably that's all we got that's all my notes yeah my notes are good yeah that's it i'll I'll just say this yeah should we have hit stop like a couple hours ago well it's